lives as believers. So just where do we go to get started? You know, what are we to achieve as believers? Uh, I believe that uh, in the New Testament, so you might as well open your Bibles to the New Testament, to the book of Romans. The book of Romans gives instructions for us to focus on and to follow. So we'll go to the book of Romans, chapter 12. We're going to look at the first two verses from the King James. That's Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to, the, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of a mind that we may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. From the Amplified, it reads, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all of your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intellectual service and spiritual worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world or this age, fashioned after and adapted by its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves, what is the good and perfect, the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Even the things which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to read it one more time from a different translation. This is the Tree of Life version. I urge you, therefore, brethren and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spirit spiritual service. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Again, that was Tree of Life. And if you want to, if you're needing a new Bible and, you're, and your old one is starting to, pages are falling out, I suggest you get the Tree of Life Bible. It is really interesting. Okay. Uh, let me say that um, life is good when God is in the center of it. Amen. Amen. Uh, what an amazing perspective that when God is in our lives. And John chapter, uh, pardon me, uh, you don't need to look there, but in, in 1 John chapter 4, in verse 8, it says, God is love. Hallelujah. See, our lives were steeped in sin, but love stepped in. Glory to God. John 3, 16. Hallelujah. So what is a believer, believer's life to look like? Are you still in Romans? Romans chapter 12. We will look, begin with start, uh, begin to look at that verse 9. That's Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Glory to God. Love must be sincere. It's not to be conceited, self-important, but take a same view of ourselves. Love is, uh, we are not to have, you know, a lot of people say that they are a legend. 
they're a legend in, in their own minds. You know, they think they're, they're higher than anybody else. So it's, we're not to have a legend in our own mind about ourselves. Love is a virtue. So keep your marker there in Romans chapter 12. And we'll go to Philippians, the book of Philippians in a, for a moment. In the book of Philippians chapter 4. Verse 8 and 9, this is part of our renewing of our mind. This is being transformed. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So we need to do that. So we see that love is a virtue also. So let's go to, uh, since we're in that, portion of the Bible. Let's go uh, further into it and go to the book of 1 Peter. That's 1 Peter. And in 1 Peter we'll see chapter 1. And we'll begin with verse 3. Blessed be the God. That's 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to his abundant mercies, has forgotten, begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, to be revealed in the last time. Things are becoming revealed to us in the last time. Verse 6, wherein we greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Verse 7, that the trial of your faith being more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Love should be the center of our lives. And, and we should not fake it, okay? What you focus on, you become, or pardon me, what you focus on, you come to desire yourself for it. So if we focus on love, we will become more desirous of it. And of course, we find out that, according to 1 John 4, 4 and 8, God is love, and what a recipe it is. Glory to God. So two, the second thing we're going to look at, go back to Romans chapter 12. What does love tell us? What does Romans 12 tell us about love? Romans 12, look again at verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Ab part the next part, abhor that which is evil. Wow. Abhor that which is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love, which we were talking about, hates, detests, and loathes all evil. We cannot love evil and God at the same time, nor can we love money or God at the same time. We live in a world where almost anything goes. So I'm going to ask or put you to a test this morning. 
already. When was the last time you blushed? When was the last time you blushed? Uh, in days gone by, in the past, you would blush at something risque that happened. Now we hardly notice it, or we laugh at it. Let me uh, give you a poem by Alexander Pope. Vice or evil is a monster so frightful as to be hated, needs but to be seen, yet seen too oft and familiar with, we're talking about the vice of evil, we first glance or endure it, then we pity it, and then we fully embrace it. Isn't that about it? Those things that uh, God hates, um, sometimes we just, well, we'll just endure it. We'll just let, let it slide by. Pretty soon we just kind of pity it. We'll just let it go completely. And finally, we embrace the whole stupid thing. So we've got to watch out. Uh, some, we're talking about love this morning. Some say love is blind. God says love needs a clear vision, a clearer vision. Our love needs to be have discernment or else we'll end up uh, loving things that we should not love. Thus, we enter into relationships that are not good for us. Not every relationship is a good relationship. Not every choice is a good choice. Not every friendship is a good one. Not every job is a wise career move. Not every roommate is, healthy, is a healthy choice. Not every purchase we do or have is wise use of money, okay? All right, now there are two parts of making a choice. First part, you, know, you must know what is right. This is crucial because we live in a world where many are evidently have lost their senses of right and wrong. Everything is in a shade of gray or a gray hue, uh, such, such as we spoke of last week in the sermon, good and evil. It's been turned about. Evil is good and good is evil. What a wow. So we have to know, we have to make a right choice. Second thing we do, we must have the courage to choose what is right to do. We must have the courage to do what is right to do. If you know what is right, it doesn't matter what people think. Amen? True discernment gives you a vision to see right and then gives you the courage to choose it. So we got to have that good discernment. So in choices, never compromise. It will lead to spiritual disappointment and disillusionment. Boy, how many ever, you know, you compromise on, on something that you know that you shouldn't have did, and then it comes back to bite you. You have a spiritual disappointment because you went the wrong way, and then you dis, dis, have disillusionment because it didn't meet the standard. So never compromise. Um, 
going back to Romans chapter 12, we're looking at love again, still looking at love. Romans 12, verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another brother, with brotherly love in honoring and preferring one another. Our love must be displayed to others. Kind, affectionate to one. Uh, this kind of affectionate means as a love of a family member, having a love for a family member, you know, there's a special love, there's a, you know, as kids, uh, sometimes we don't get along with our <laughs> brothers and sisters, but we do have, we do have that uh, family uh, tie there. Uh, and according to his, be kindly affectionate to one another. Uh, the word broken down is actually the word Philadelphia, meaning a tender affection owed to those who were born of the same womb. Tender affection owed to those who were born of the, of the same womb. So, you know, that means our brothers, our natural brothers and sisters, there's a close affection, you know, there's a tie there. So it's easy to understand why the early Christians, hallelujah, adopted the word to describe Christian love. All Christians have been born of the same womb through the new birth. So we need to have that kind of affection towards one another. Everyone who is saved came in by the same way. God doesn't have a plan A for Protestants, plan B for Catholics, and plan C for anybody else. The only, you can only come one way. John 3, 3 says, Jesus says, ye must be born again. So that's, that's how we are tied together. Okay. Everyone who belongs to Jesus is of the same family. So there's that, new, that, that family tie. Um, we owe our brothers and sisters in the Lord true loving affection. Uh, we are to love all true believers everywhere and at all times. You can't put qualifications on your brothers and sisters. Well, they don't go to my church. Um, you know, uh, they don't... Uh, do the things I need to do, uh, uh, that's simply wrong. You're putting preferences on them. You can't come into the house because it's such and such, you know. Uh, this is wrong thinking, and our wrong thinking must be abandoned. God's kingdom, God's, those that are born again, we need to embrace all true believers. There's that special love. Amen. Okay. Um, the fourth thing love, love does in Romans chapter 12. Looking at verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, honoring and preferring one another. We must love those and honor them. Amen. There is no preferential treatment. Everyone is equal in God's eyes. Whether you are a... a technician in a job or a, a janitor at the place or a boss at a job. 
you're equal in God's eyes. God sees you as equal. These are my children, okay? Uh, and First Peter, keep your marker there. And uh, Romans 12, go to First Peter chapter 2. And First Peter chapter 2. Peter writes, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So we need to honor all, all people or esteem our brothers and sisters above ourselves. Whatever our brothers and sisters need, if they need something, we need to esteem them and help them out. Okay? Um, there's no limit how far you can go if you don't care who gets the credit. You know, sometimes... Uh, you can do things, um, you can say, behind closed doors and, and you, you bless your brothers and sisters. They don't know where it comes from. So, you know, just as long as they are held up, we honor them. Okay, Romans chapter 12, looking at verse 7. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. So, Love must be enthusiastic. You have to have enthusiastic love. You remember when you first got born again? You, I mean, you were hot. You wanted to go share that good news of the gospel, sharing what Jesus did. But we need, we need to have that same love and enthusiasm. Uh, we are challenged to put forth much effort in our life. Let me uh, read this from... Uh, that's. Boy, I've got to go back to uh, Romans 11. I'm sorry. Be not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, and, and ser in serving the Lord. Again, we have to be enthusiastic. Uh, from the uh, Amplified, it says, Never lag in zeal or in earnest endeavor, but aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. That's how we need to have love. We are challenged. To put forth much effort in our Christianity. It says we need to be a glow, according to uh, Romans 12, 11 from the Amplified. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be a glow and burning with the spirit of spirit, with the spirit serving the Lord. Okay, we are to serve the Lord with what? Zeal and boiling intensity. We put our lives, we put, put your life in, into the service of God, whether or not you receive personal gain or, or uh, applause. You know, a, lot of, a lot of people go out and do things for the Lord, waiting for the pat on the back from somebody that, you have, uh, that they've seen you do, or, you know, or maybe you're tooting your own horn saying, I did this, and somebody says, oh, you did such a great job, you know. Um, we don't need to have that. But we need to have the, the love and the, of, of enthusiasm. No one is moved by a half-hearted half Christian or a compromising Christian. Uh, today, there's no waste of time. We should, there should be no waste of time. We're living in the, the end dispens, time dispensation. If Jesus said the fields were white then, how much more are they today? So we need to go out. The fields are white. It's harvest time. It's time to get off our blessed um, 
assurances and do the work God has called us to do. Amen. Glory to God. Romans chapter 12, once again. Looking at verse 12. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer. From the Amplified, rejoice and exalt in hope. Be steadfast in patience in suffering and tribulation. Be, a, be in constant prayer. Glory to God. Rejoice. We must, as, as uh, love, we have to, love has to be patient. Think how patient God is. He's love, how patient he is. He loved us while we were yet sinners, but he stood true. And then he blessed us, okay? So we need to rejoice in the hope and be patient in tribulation and be in constant uh, fervent prayer. So what's behind these three phases? Rejoice, be patient, and fervent prayer. <coughs> behind these three phases uh, is hope, hope of the rapture. This, this all tells us about why we need to be patient. We need to occupy and wait for Jesus. We must show patience in hard times, constantly praying and rejoicing in the hope for better days to come. You know, better days to come. I mean, we, we live in a dark world. It's evil, but this is the day the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice. You know, if it's cloudy and glum outside, above the clouds, it's still sunny. Amen. So we need to hang on to that. Romans chapter 12, looking at the seventh thing that we need to do. Verse 13, distribution to the needy necessity of saints. Wow. We need to be generous. Take a lively interest in blessing Others without grudging. Oh man, do I have to give that out? You know, we need to contribute to the needs of others or to the saints. In this, as he's speaking here, glory to God. We need to share with others in their hurts and their heartaches. Come to their aid. Um, when we give to others, it's a measure and indication of your faith. How? How strong is your faith? When you start to give out, so it shows you that your faith is operating. If you're, you're quick to hold on to things that uh, you have and not give it out, um, it's bad news. So what are, what are, you, going, what are you doing with, to meet the needs of those who have less than you? What are you doing to meet the needs of those who who have less than you. Well, I pray for them every day. Well, sometimes um, they might need a little pick-me-up or, uh, you know, take them out for coffee or something just, just to lift them up, you know. Um, are you supporting the work around the world? I know that all of us give to the missionaries, so glory to God. Uh, we're, doing a, we're doing a job there, but sometimes we need to do a work in our own neighborhoods, our own town. Glory to God. Um, in giving, do you give from the top or the bottom? In other words, after, you give, after you've taken care of yourself, um, then do you give out to others? Sometimes it, Jesus says you need to give first to others and then tend to yourself because as you give to others, he will bless you because you are doing the right thing. 
Amen. So, uh, to those questions, I just ask. The answers you give will be an indication of your love and obedience to the things of God. How well are you doing being obedient to God? It's a hard one. Okay, Romans chapter 12 again. Looking at verse 13. Distributing to the necessity of the saints. And this is the one we need to have. Given to hospitality. Wow. Love must pursue. Your, our love must pursue hospitality. Uh, seek to show hospitality to others. God is the, is the original hospitality person. He loves strangers. He loves the sinner. Glory to God. Uh, Romans 5 and 8 says, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's hospitality, giving, giving, his, giving the best. And uh, in Ephesians, we might, since we're right there, let's go to Ephesians. Oh, pretty close to Ephesians, I'll put it away. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at this, is being in the house, my, I have a beginning of verse 11, that's Ephesians 2, 11. And uh, the title for this area says, The Household of God. Wherefore, remember that you are being, this is verse 11, wherefore, remember that you are, that ye being in time past Gentiles of flesh, you were called uncircumcision by that which was called circumcision in the flesh and made by hands. That at a time ye were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God. But now in Christ Jesus, ye sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of, of the Lamb. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're no longer strangers to God. We become, well, we have the one song, Jesus is my friend, or Father is my friend, so glory to God. No longer an orphan, no longer far away from God. Jesus brought us into his into the family. This is the same thing we need to do to others. We need to bring them into the family. If they're out there, we need to put on our shoes, our gospel shoes, and share it. Romans chapter 12, looking at verse 14. For this cause about my... Whoops, in Ephesians. Romans 12, 14. Blessed... Bless them that persecute you. Uh-oh. What does love do? It blesses those that per persecutes them. Love those that persecute you. Bless, bless and not curse them. How many times when you... When you <laughs> How many times when you've been uh, double-crossed, you'll say, and, and, and person not work... Walking in love with you, uh, attacks you, and all that type of things, and you just you just want to get even with them, curse curse them. Hum Nobody out there at all. I tell you what, you are saints for, for sure. There's going to be a time of persecution. You will be hated. It says, lied about, and attacked from even the closest, those closest to you. Family and best 
friends oftentimes uh, are the people that let us down. And even sometimes they turn on us. How many times how many had your friends turn on you? Well, you know, I don't want them anymore. Or how about family members? Oh, you can go to rot. <laughs> I don't care about you anymore. You know, we say that. It's, it's, it's wrong. Um, family and best friends, sooner or later, people that you trust may let you down. Uh, we can't say when or who it's going to be, but what will we do when they do turn against us? How do you bless that someone that curses you? How do you bless someone that curses you? Looking at verse 14, bless them which persecute you. Listen, ask God to do something for them that you would want God to do for you. Ask God to do something for them that you would want God to do for you. Seek, seek blessings on them that you would want for yourself. Oh, you rotten thing, you. No, we need to say, Lord, bless this individual that have his, have his eyes open or have her eyes open. They don't, what did Stephen do when they were, he was being stoned? You remember? Don't hold this, uh, this uh, to their account. We need to do the same thing when people come against us. Don't hold it to our account. But Lord bless them, okay? Uh, think of it this way. The greater hurt that we have, the greater potential the blessing is going to be on us as we bless them. Well, it's wrong thinking, you know, but that's the way God, God does. Um, think back when Joseph, uh, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. When Joseph was thrown into the pit, sold as a slave, put into prison, then became, you know, the second highest in, in Egypt, Joseph said to his brethren, You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Glory to God. God will change your the situation and make it good for you if you think and bless them, call blessings upon them. You know, when Joseph had the chance, he got them all together there. He could have said, well, each and every one of you are going to spend 15 years uh, on the rack um, in the slave yard. We're going to beat you. No, he's, he said, you're forgiven. And he blessed them. They came to give money to buy the food. He told them to put the money back, in the, put, put the money back with, the, with the grain that they took. He blessed them. Romans chapter, chapter 12 again. Looking at verse 15. Rejoice with them that, that rejoice and weep with them that weep. Our love must show sympathy. Glory to God. Rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. Love gets involved. Love will get involved. Think about it. I want you to think about your parents. How they were when you needed support. 
They, lo they showed lo you love. They not only supported you, they helped you, they tried to comfort you, they had to bring understanding, and they gave you instructions how to go about. So that's love. Love shows sympathy. We need to have the same sympathy about each and every one of our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Romans chapter 12, looking at verse 16. Be of the same mind one towards another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Wow. We must, it says again, verse 16, be of the same mind towards one another. We need to live in harmony with one another. In accord, this is what love is. That's how love should be in the family. We, there's an accord within it. It's not, it's, it's, think, think of it this way. It's not total agreement. No two people agree. Husband and wife disagree oftentimes, but there is love there. In the body of Christ, we don't all look alike. We don't sound alike. Oh, wow. But we are alike. We need to understand that the things, there are things that unite us together are greater than the things that divide us. The love of God unites us. Everyone is important in an army. Everyone relies upon each other. So we need, as brothers and sisters, we need to show our love towards one another. We need to have that support, have harmony in the army, in our army that we are, our family in this way. Romans chapter 12, verse 16b. Mind not the high things, but consent to the men of low estate. Love shows humility. We need to have humility. Love is not haughty or puffed up. Uh, it doesn't shun the poor while courting great men. We're not, love is not snobbish. It's not conceited. Conceited means to be wise in your own thinking. Too often times we allow love to dissipate in our minds and we get a big head. Uh, we want to make friends with the rich, not the poor, okay? But the rich and poor are alike. We need to remain humble. Never be conceited. Love avoids divisions. Love is the glue of unity that we have. Glory God. Now, closing it off. The finishing, finishing point to a transformed life. It's one thing to talk about love, but it's another thing to put it into practice. If we are to grow in love, we must reach out to people. Other people or even in, within our own family, in our church family or, or even our 
flesh and blood family. We need to reach out in love. Now, love doesn't always look the same way in every situation. Sometimes we must practice tough love. And when we are demonstrating tough love, sometimes there's misunderstanding. So we need to know what we're doing. Finally, love is God's prescription in developing a Christian to full maturity. Love is God's prescription to develop a Christian into full maturity. We can have a song at this point. I want you to listen to it. We sang it earlier, but uh, think. It's one that uh, we must wake up to. Oh, we're going to put it on the, on the, on the board? Fine. <laughs> Amen. They will know you, my disciples, because you love. We need to demonstrate that love. Okay, quiz time. What was the silversmith's name in Ephesus who started a riot? That's found in Acts chapter 19, verses 24 through 28. Who was it? Demetrius. Demetrius, all right. Um, keep, I want to use your Bibles at this point, too. Um, in Acts chapter 19, let's go to, let's back up in Acts chapter 19. Acts 19. Beginning with verse 17, Acts 19, 17. And this was known in all the Jew, to all the Jews and Greeks so dwelling in Ephesus. Where? Ephesus. And fear fell on all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them, which also used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they were counted a price of them, and they found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Where was this happening at? Ephesus. This is where Demetrius was, Ephesus. Okay, and um, the, the church at Ephesus flourish. Um, the riot also caused Paul to leave Ephesus and move back to Macedonia and uh, Greece. The church at Ephesus flourished the following three years after this account. It, it just, just blew, gain, okay. After Paul's uh, de departure, we see that they burned all their, their witchcraft stuff and all that type of stuff. But before Paul left Ephesus, he appointed Timothy. So go with first Tim go with me to first Timothy chapter one. I want you to look at this. I think it, I found it to be interesting. First Timothy chapter one. 
Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought, as I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that I might have charged some that they were teach no other doctrine. So Timothy became the pastor of Ephesus at this time. At this point, he was appointed by uh, Timothy. Then, then we find out in 2 Timothy chapter 4, say, so where is this going with Demetrius? We'll find out. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Timothy's finished at, at Ephesus. You know, he was a um, moved to a different pastorate, I'll put it that way. And we see in 2 Timothy chapter 4, looking at virtual, Antichesis I sent to Ephesus. So Tychicus, I don't know if I pronounce his name right, but uh, he was now in command of the church. Now after a while, after he left, they, got another, they had, had to get another pastor in. And the, the apostle John came to pastor a church. John makes ma mention of Demetrius. Let's go to third. Third John, let's go all the way back to Third John, First John, Second John, Third John, glory to God. Gonna look at this. John John is um, in Ephesus and he's talking about uh, beloved Gaius. But I want us to look at verse 12. Oh, let's go to verse 11. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil has not seen God. Verse 12. Where did we hear this man before? Demetrius. This is some years later. After, after Paul had preached, Timothy came in and became the pastor. And after uh, Timothy finished. Tychicus came in, and then John came in. So what does John say about Demetrius? Demetrius has a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, that we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. What happened? The revival that happened in, in Ephesus apparently got to Demetrius. Revival fires changed lives, glory to God. And Demetrius found the Lord, and he gets a good report from John. All right. I thought that was kind of interesting about uh, Demetrius. You see his name twice. Nobody puts it together, so we, we need to look at it. Okay, our next quiz is, who is Ahithophel? Who is Ahithophel? I may pronounce his name. A-H-I-T-O-P-H-E-L. You'll find out in 1 Chronicles chapter 27, verse 33. Hallelujah. That's next week's quiz. Okay. Anybody need prayer? Okay. Father, we are praising you. We're just giving you thanks. We thank you, Lord.
For the love that abides, Father God, within us, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you've given us the prescription, Father God, to develop into full maturity, and it's by love. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that your word endures, Father God, and I thank you, Lord, our eyes will be opened even to greater revelation, Father God, as we continue in your word and in the love. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we go our separate ways. I thank you, Lord, that we can be a blessing to those that we make contact with. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.